0: Thank <laughs> you.
1: Welcome into another edition of Live from West End. We're back in the studio this week, coming to you on a Monday instead of Sunday night after Championship Sunday in the NFL yesterday. And we've got a very special episode. We've got Alyssa Muir here joining us, former deputy sports editor from The Hustler. Um, and then we've also got a women's basketball win to discuss. Aiden was there yesterday. So really excited to uh, have you in, Alyssa.
0: Thank you. Very excited to be here. Very excited to be back talking to Andy sports.
1: It's good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. so um, starting out, talking about the women's team. Aiden, you were there yesterday. First win of the season, uh, not the SEC season, I should say, um, against Texas A&M, who was kind of another bottom feeder, but really good to get kind of on the right side. And then Kaija Harbison with 41 points, tying the, the single-game school record. Um, really just cool afternoon, I think, all around and special moment for, for Shay's program.
2: It was really fun. I could tell that it was going to be a great game when I got there, and instead of serving Chick-fil-A, they were serving uh, homemade ham and biscuit sandwiches. They were? Yep. And oh, wow. So very, very this. nice.
0: I never got any of those. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and uh, and Frankie was complaining. He was like, oh, this is not as good as Chick-fil-A. And then I took a bite. I was like, this is way better. Oh, I guess because it was a Sunday. Yeah. didn't um, even think about oh, that. Oh, my God, yeah. They could have done McAllister's, but anyways, it was a great game. Like you said, Texas A&M's kind of a bottom feeder. I think they're 6-13 and 13 now, but a win's a win. Always good. We're to not get the your worst. Yeah. And yes, we are not the worst team in the SEC, which is exciting stuff.
1: Yeah, um, I think other than just kind of like you said about you know, making sure that, that Vanderbilt's not going to finish in 14th this year, it's it's really a big kind of emotional lift for this team having gone through so much in the early part of the SEC we talked about last week, that loss to Arkansas that was really back and forth right at the end. They've had some really good performances from Marnell um, Garro uh, At times, Harbison has also shown this offensive explosion, um, explosiveness, I should say, and an ability to kind of carry, but they haven't been able to, to get over the hump when those things have happened. So I think for them to, to have a second half like they did and, and really, I mean, I don't, you, you might – say this differently than I was because you were there, but it seemed like it was pretty in control for much of the second half, which I think a comfortable win is just what this team needed.
0: Yeah, I think, Aiden, you said it perfectly. You know, you're beating the worst team when you're very Vanderbilt at this point. You're taking any win you can get. Um, I think that's huge for the program. I think it's huge for Shea Ralph. I think just getting a win is just talks to what Shea Ralph can do as a coach, and she probably hasn't been able to fully displayed all this year with, you know, the, obviously the, all the preseason injuries they had, I more Jordan Cambridge and whatnot. Um, but it's just really, really impressive to be able to get an sec win with how depleted the roster's been and, and all the injuries, which is crazy. I feel like we're having the same conversations that I had six to two years ago. Now, just every year, all the injury, it's the same thing every single year is with both, with both basketball programs at this point. Um, but I mean, I've just been such a big fan of Shea Ralph since she started, and I I think this is more and I think really impressive for for Harbison to have that type of I mean, 41 points is just you that's not something you see a ton. And um, Aiden, I'm jealous. You got to experience that live.
2: It was awesome. I mean, it felt like every time she touched the ball, it was going in. It was it was just like a Kobe Bryant performance almost. I, she shooting could not miss. Pull up jumpers, three pointers, all over. Got to the line, I think. 12 times. I don't know. She was doing everything. And there was just a feeling after the game in the press conference, we talked to uh, Kaija Harbison and, and Shay Ralph and both of them just could not wipe the smile off of their face. Like they were smiling the entire time. They were so happy. They were thanking us. It was just me and Frankie. They were thanking us. They were like happy that we were there talking to Kaija about just her shooting. And she said, she's really been working on it. She's been working on the outside shot. She's been working on attacking bigs inside. And and working on that pull-up, and I think it was really apparent in this game, and it looked like they were just all having a lot of fun out there. Yeah, you
0: mentioned the shooting, 14 of 19, it's not like, you know, some highly inefficient (laughs) night, and she was just jacking them up, I mean, that is super, super efficient and just really impressive. Like you said, I think getting to the line for her and for the whole team was huge yesterday.
1: Yeah, definitely think that Kaija obviously carries this one. Um, Alyssa, I wanted to ask you kind of about that program point, because something that that Resonated with me in, in a game like this obviously when you start out the SEC season like Vanderbilt has is This singular game is probably means a little bit more than it than it would otherwise um, If they were middle of the pack or something like that But I think that Shea has been so impressive in her first two years and it seemed like last year When they had that that run at the end to get to the the WNIT You have such a good offseason in terms of getting Kaija um, getting Marnell Garo, Um, and and adding some really quality freshmen. You've got some pieces back from last year's team. It it seemed like Shea was kind of accelerating this rebuild and, and turning this program around insanely fast. But we've learned this season that, as Clark Lee said during football season, building a program is really hard, right? And I think that Vanderbilt has experienced some of those bumps along the way. But coming from probably a little over two years ago at this point when the, the program just shut down for the season. Um, Alyssa, like what have you seen from, from Shea Ralph specifically after, you know, getting this team, this depleted Vanderbilt team um, an SEC win in January um, from where they were kind of two years ago when you were on the beat.
0: Yeah. I mean, I can't even, put into words, like, how impressive I find Che Ralph. What they did last year, I thought, like, exactly like you said, Bryce. I was thinking, you know, I was very confident when I hired Che Ralph. But from where the program was, I thought, you know, this was going to be a long, long rebuild. And, you know, it still might. It, it But last season, it, it didn't look like that. I thought some of the wins they got, the win in the NCAA tournament game, just how hard that team competed and just, like, how much fun they seem to have playing off each other every game like i just thought the energy the culture i think even me being in chicago for that year like you could i didn't feel like i had to be around the program every day to just feel how different the culture was how much better it was um i think that's huge and then you know you had jordan cambridge last year you had ayana moore coming in looking like she was going to be an absolute star um and then the off-season injury bug hits. And again, it's kind of like the same thing where I hate saying like, there's only so much you can take from this season because of injuries. Because I feel like I've said that for one of the programs every single year since I started following Vanderbilt Athletics, <laughs> which is absolutely wild. Um But I think, I don't want to say you can't take anything from this year, but I think, you know, you can't look at it linear, linear, linearly at this point um because of the injuries. I think you have to take, you have to put much more emphasis on what she did in year one and you know, take again what she's been doing developing wise um this year and the the kind of production she's got and just the recruiting to get to get harbison and and some of the others. Um but I just I think the program is in terrific hands. I think this game is is a sign of that. I think, you know, from following on TV, following on social media, the the emotions afterward, like, again, you can still see how strong the culture is, how much they enjoy playing for Shea, and and I think that program is in absolutely great hands.
1: Yeah, like what you said there, I think that encapsulated nicely kind of what we're trying to get at here. This win was a sign of that, and it mm-hmm. we we still had that belief in Ralph in this program, but it had been a while since they had won a game and, and sh- shown that they were able to, you know, as, as you were saying earlier, Aiden, beat another sec team yeah right and and so for them to be able to do that you you don't want to say and what's sort of become a little bit of a lost season here that it's like program defining or program changing but it, it continues along um this idea that that shea really is building this program from the ground up and doing it in a really sustainable and effective way in my opinion
2: yeah, I think that's big. I think that they've hit the transfer portal. Obviously, Kaija from St. Louis has been amazing. Uh, but I also think that they are like growing this younger talent, the freshmen, the sophomores. Ayana will be back. I think that people are just buying into her. Like I think that they believe in her. I think they, they believe in Shea Ralph as a coach. Um, and I think that that's going to continue to happen. I think that she'll continue to recruit players who fit the mold that she's looking for. And another thing that I think is worth noting is Kaija Harbison came here. I don't think anybody would have expected her to have a forty-one point game. I, you know, great player at St. Louis. I don't think that really anybody would have expected her to come to the next level and still perform as like one of the best players in the SEC. And I think that this is a really good look for the program, and I think that it will help attract transfers in the future, which you know could be huge.
1: Yeah. Okay, so switching over to the other side um, of Memorial, we've got uh, a loss of Texas A&M on Saturday for the men's team. And then uh, another loss on Tuesday evening against Kentucky. Yep. So coming off that nice win against Georgia last weekend, which we had talked about, back-to-back losses. We'll start with Kentucky since that was earlier on in the week. Personally, felt like it was kind of a disappointing game from from Stackhouse. I think that Vanderbilt's played Kentucky close for a couple of years now under him, and and in this one, just seemed like from the top down, um, really from him on to the players. Game plan wasn't great. Energy wasn't great. Effort didn't really seem there. Um, and he didn't uh, seem super fired up until the post-game press conference, which I'll give him credit for. It was uh, a little bit different than, than the usual tone in there, and he called some guys out. Um, but I just thought overall, A, you've got a Kentucky team that's a complete mismatch because of Oscar Schwebe and, and all their other length. Um, when Vanderbilt has lead door and Liam Robbins out, and B, you really didn't have your A game against Kentucky. Um and you probably
2: didn't have your B game either. I don't even know if they had their C game. Yeah.
1: Um Alyssa, what'd you see out of out of Tuesday night before we get into a Texas AM loss? Um, I'll drop
0: my really quick last women's basketball thought. Oh sorry, um, you about guys that. might have talked on this already, but the Katie Lou Samuelson, uh that addition, I'm so excited great about. Point. I think that's gonna be great for the program. Um yeah, Kentucky, that that was miserable. Um <laughs> that I think my feelings on that program's trajectory are very much in the opposite. Um, I think like you said, they've, it seemed like they were kind of geared up for a good opportunity. They had started playing well, stringing together some good performances. Kentucky hasn't been Kentucky. It seemed like the atmosphere was absolutely amazing. And then it just was really flat. I don't know and it's not, that hasn't been the only game, the The sluggish starts have been very weird. And I think there's just not enough individual talent to constantly be putting yourselves in situations where you have to claw back against SEC teams. Um, and, you know, you could probably make the argument there too, that the injury bug there is outrageous. And the fact that Liam Robbins is out for as long as he is, that Lee Dort, who we've seen some good flashes for is out too. And they're just, you know, really down at the center position. Um, But that this program should be in a much better spot at this point in the Stack House tenure, there should be more depth built up.
1: Totally. Um,
0: And I just think, I think the biggest tell was just kind of the lack of, it seemed like energy and urgency, especially when you have such a good opportunity, such a good home atmosphere. Uh, that was probably the biggest tell for me was, was just the, maybe lack of just everything, enthusiasm, besides maybe uh, Malik Dia.
2: Yeah, I thought it was just like a very overwhelming or underwhelming and lazy performance. I felt like they had a lot of opportunities where even in the first half, but also sort of in the first part of the second half where it wasn't that bad of a deficit. I think they were down, what, 10 or 12 points, and it felt like you got the home crowd behind you, make a couple threes, go on a run, and all of a sudden you're back in the game. And it felt like, like you said, Dia was really the only one that was really, like, interested in doing that. And it's weird because you you know, like, we've seen this team play scrappy. We've seen them fight back against teams that are objectively more talented, and it's just something that we really did not see.
1: Yeah, and I'm going to actually wrap it back around to that Katie Lou Samuelson point. Um, and I'm, I'm happy you brought that up, Alyssa, because it's something I wanted to touch on that we forgot. I feel like one of the biggest critiques about Stackhouse throughout his tenure is that he doesn't necessarily or his staff doesn't necessarily grasp the subtle nuances of the college game that are different than mm-hmm. the NBA game. A Tuesday night against Kentucky where your student section is full and you have an opportunity to get back-to-back wins and kind of get that monkey off your back against Kentucky is a huge emotional opportunity for this program. And for them to come out flat, to really have a lack of effort, not play behind that crowd like you guys said, I think was just disappointing for everyone You know, watching that game. And it's just a continuation of, you know, one of the criticisms of Stackhouse being that there's not 82 games in the season like there is in the NBA. Mm-hmm. You yeah. can't just blow that off like it's another Tuesday night, especially given the non-conference resume that they were able to cobble together, I'll say. Um, and I think flip side, when you talk about Shea, um something like hiring Katie Lou Samuelson as kind of an offseason uh, director of player development consultant type is just A really smart strategic okay she understands what she's doing at the college level like that's a a program difference right there um that I think you just don't see in the men's program right now and I know that's a bit big picture for the actual Kentucky game but it's just something that I think has to be related to the overall disappointment that that came out of this one
2: yeah it was it was just really disappointing game yeah um um, Switch to Texas A&M. Yeah, and,
1: and so getting into Texas a and I think that uh, a continuation of this, as we've said, but but also a bit of fool's gold in that first half. I don't. I think Vanderbilt played well, and they've seemed to, and Stackhouse has talked about this, they've, they've played a bit better on the road. Way better. Um, I think Texas A&M is pretty good. I think they're probably going to be a tournament team playing really well right now. Vanderbilt and, and Miles Studi specifically got off to a pretty hot start in the first half, a lot of that was three-point shooting and and seeing the ball go through the hoop. But it was just a weird feeling of, yes, Vanderbilt doesn't have Liam Robbins. Yes, they don't have Lee Dort. Texas A&M is good. They're on the road. Like, you probably shouldn't be upset with losing this game by six points. But, again, you do it in a fashion where it feels like you kind of blew it. And It was there. It was there, and how many times... Is that narrative going to happen for this team before it just defines who they are?
2: Yeah, it's it's just incredibly frustrating to watch. I feel like I was sitting watching my friend and I said, they're going to blow this game because it just feels like they don't have the ability to close out games like that. Even against Georgia, they were up 10 with what, like two minutes left and they almost blew it? Well, and it harkens back to me
1: for like a, a Mizzou or a Tennessee. Yep. Um, there's been just a couple of those games where it's like, oh great, they're playing in this uh, game that they probably have no business even being in, but at what point do you um, have to start winning some of those? And I think Alyssa, my question for you is: at this point, you are ten and 11, 3 and five in the SEC. It, are we at the point now where is, is there even enough left, enough opportunities left? I should say for them to to write that ship and and, and turn the season into something, or are we just kind of lost in a in a meddling um, couple of months of, of mid? I think
0: there's enough opportunities. Sure. Uh, I think, you know, you play in that CC, you play enough high caliber teams, um, you know, they'll get Tennessee again, they'll have other big opportunities. They'll get Kentucky. Um, but I haven't seen anything that makes me think they're going to seize as many opportunities as they need to. Um, I feel like the, for the past four years or um, you know, since stack, since before even Stackhouse. you know, since I've been following, Probably the biggest word that pops up about the program is inconsistency, at least for me. And um, mm-hmm. I think that's this week is kind of a perfect calculation of that, because if you win the Kentucky game on Tuesday, like I think they had a very good chance to if they came out with the right energy and the right production, then and then you have the Texas A&M result where you fight really well. But like maybe you don't come out on top because you're on the road against. Yeah, I agree with you, Bryce, a good team who I think will end up in the tournament Um, a team who probably should have ended up in the tournament last year yeah but it's just you never know what team is going to show up and that's just been the theme for forever and i think especially in the past four years um and then you never know how individual players are going to play like studi has this unbelievable performance texas a&m kind of no-showed um against kentucky jordan wright very strong against texas a&m didn't do a ton against kentucky just the, the energy's up and down, the rotations are up and down, which is still one of the biggest things that drives me crazy <laughs> watching this team is there's just no consistency of the rotations. Um, Fair enough. And the, in, the individual performances are inconsistent too. So to answer your question again, of course there are enough opportunities when you're in the SEC. Um, I just don't – there's nothing watching this team that makes me think they're going to do enough to make the most and, and put themselves in good postseason position.
2: Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I mean, they'll have to realistically either win on the road against Alabama, win on the road against Kentucky, or win it home at home against point. Tennessee. They'll have to win two of those three games at least and then also take care of all the easy ones that they have struggled to flips, do so. Flipped yeah. Yeah. to leaning towards lost, a lot of them. Um, and I, I really liked your point about just the inconsistency of the rotation. I find it really, really frustrating. He uh, Stackhouse seems to hover the line between – wanting the vets to play and take the majority of the minutes and then wanting the young guys to play. Like Noah Shelby had a really good stretch of a few games, I feel like, and he's just been relegated completely. Yeah, Colin Smith was the best freshman for the first 15 games of the season, and he has not played at all the past few games, really. Um,
1: Well, he started against... Texas A&M, as, along with Paul Lewis, they play, started and played the first four minutes yeah. and then did not play for the rest of yeah. the game. So I, I just don't never understand. made sense
2: to me. I don't understand what we're doing. I also don't really know why Ezra Mignon had that amazing game at Georgia, really was the reason the team won, closed out the game at the end, and then he played like 17 minutes against Kentucky.
1: And then played 34 minutes against Texas A&M when he clearly didn't have, have it. it. Um, I'm with you guys. I think that the rotations are really confusing. And, and Alyssa, I think you're broad point about kind of the last four years brought up an interesting thought for me because it feels like the only time that this team hasn't been inconsistent under Stackhouse is that stretch maybe last season when Scottie Pippen Jr. kind of just masked some of those things and it was like, okay, well, I mean, we're gonna play well today because Scotty's gonna get us twenty five and seven. And seven yeah. at home um and and play behind this crowd at the end of last year. But I think the defining characteristic of this team now that we're nearly in February. Um, and like you said, there's still a chance they're playing in the SEC. They're going to have uh, a lot of quad one games down the stretch against whether, you know, an Alabama, Tennessee, whatever it may be. But the defining characteristic thus far has been Vanderbilt's going to play up to good teams and they're going to play down and to bad, bad teams, teams. And it's going to be a close game. And that's more likely than not gonna result in a loss, um, even even though those things are true. And I think that despite the injuries and like we've said, they're important and they and they matter a lot, um, coupled with everything that we said about the rotations and the inconsistencies, that's just not that's not where this program should be in, in year four um of this era, like you said, Alyssa.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with your point of they don't have a Scotty. They don't have the guy who you look to down the stretch. I think Jordan's probably the closest they have to it. And as much as I think Jordan Wright is a very solid player, I think, you know, it's a little bit of a roster construction issue when you're trying to rely on him to be the guy. And I know Ezra Mignon's done a little bit of that too, but but still I think that's that's not where you want to be. I think all the, you know, upper to middle SEC teams have someone they can go to not even just down the stretch but just to kind of pull the team along when they start sluggish when not when the role players don't have it um and this group just does not have that which to me is is a roster construction issue because you know i know some people maybe got some hopes up that scottie was going to return for this year but i think re- realistically everyone knew scottie Pippen Jr was leaving
2: after last year and that
0: they were going to need to find someone else to to carry a lot of the burden that he did
2: yeah i think it's it's definitely concerning. I feel like it's very important to always have someone to close out the game. I think that that can never be understated. Something I think is equally, if not more important, is to keep that game close when it feels like it's getting away from you. Someone to hit that big shot, because that middle of the second half shot when you're down 11 and all of a sudden you need that run, you need to start something, that three-pointer, that dunk, like that can change the entire momentum of the game, and it feels like they just don't have someone that can consistently settle in and do that for them. Yeah,
1: I'm with both of you guys. Um They've got another big test coming up this week against Alabama. Like we said, some some quad one opportunities are going to go down to Tuscaloosa before welcoming Ole Miss on Saturday in what should be a win. Ole Miss is uh, probably Parable. the worst team in the SEC this year. So have they won that... a game
2: yet in the conference? Uh,
1: they might have one. I know I mean, LSU
2: like... also only has one. They
1: yeah, they're one in seven. Okay, uh, in conference they beat South Carolina. Okay, so if if that's a loss, we'll be having a, an entirely different probably you see her conversation next week when we're on the podcast but um for now thank you so much for coming on Alyssa always love talking hoops with you um she's Alyssa was telling us before the show she's uh now doing some SID work at Maryland for their lacrosse team um as well as wrestling so best of luck with that and thanks again for hopping on it's a ton of fun thank you for coming on Alyssa.
0: Thank you, guys. Always good to talk. Eventually, we'll we'll talk about a winning Vanderbilt basketball season, <laughs> but
1: not not quite there yet. Yeah, I think Aiden will have to have me back on by the time that <laughs> happens. Thanks again to Alyssa for hopping on the show. Really fun to, to talk some basketball with her, as always. We're gonna do our final two segments back this week after uh, after skipping out last week because of time and constraints. But um, we'll start with anything but Vandy, uh, and then we'll go into three questions for the week. As uh, so a reminder, anything but Vandy, we're just gonna talk about. Anything But Vandy, as the title implies. Self-explanatory. I, first episode of the semester, talked about my teetering fandom between Arsenal and Tottenham. Bandwagon. Totally. Which I was very clear about, and uh, that's still ongoing. Today, for my Anything But Vandy, I'm going to go in a very different direction. Um, Just going to come out and say it. I'm out on Trader Joe's wow yeah that's my anything but dandy for the day hold so on so i had to run an errand this morning um not a big like trader joe's person as it is or like didn't grow up in like trader joe's family i guess i should say and uh wow it's my girlfriend's birthday tomorrow so i had to get her flowers and i texted one of my friends like where should I get flowers because I'm a dude and I'm stupid? Um, the and I was like, should I, <laughs> should I go to Walgreens? I know. But I was like, what's well, like a good place. And she was like, go to Trader Joe's. Cheap, but also like nice flowers. And I was right, like, perfect. No, so I go to Trader Joe's and I've been there like once or twice this semester because um, some of my like California roommates are like big on Trader Joe's. And I've read like be. some cool like business case studies about it, like learned some more. I'm like, oh, whatever. Like tried some of like the whatever microwavable or not the stuff you cook, you know. Pre-packaged stuff go in there get a couple things for myself <laughs> get the, the flowers and this is i mean i'm gonna sound like a, a horrible like american like just like snob the people are just like too nice in there like i just can't that's like, your reason thing is just like a cult i'm like what is going on here like why is this lady complimenting me on buying bananas like why is it so bright here? <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I'm like, if I need nice stuff, like, growing up, I go to Whole Foods. Otherwise, I'm going to, like, Jewel. I don't even know if you know what that is. Nope. Chicago. Do love Whole Foods. Uh, so I'll Chicago grocery store. Just, like, I don't know. Just the whole thing, the open concept. Like, I acknowledge that this is probably, like, a me, like, bias, like, way I grew up thing. And there may be a future where I kind of, like grow into it but for now i'm out on trader joe's that's my anything but bandy for the week
2: i don't, I don't i'm so baffled by that statement that i feel well, like I'm,
1: is it worse than my arsenal tottenham one no
2: yeah that's indefinitely worse my friend is it really my friend and i were talking yesterday and she said are you
1: that, a trader joe's you're one of the I'm cult a, people yeah no
2: i'm no i'm not a cult person you're a, I, it's you're delicious, delicious. From, their food is awesome
1: you smile back at these people when they compliment you on your bananas it, <laughs>
2: Do you not smile at people? Okay, if I'm the grocery you, store, what what is wrong? I'm with I'm in you? and out. The world. <laughs> 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 You're horrible. <laughs> no, have you ever had like their their protein bars? Is it? They're like peanut nurture? butter cups. Their food is amazing. No, I eat Reese's. Okay, that's fair. That is fair. Their peanut butter cups are better than Reese's. Okay, and it's Reese's, not Reese's. By the way, we could talk about the Midwest um, vernacular. Is that your anything but Vandy for the week? I'll make that my anything but Vandy. But before we move on, I was talking with my friend yesterday and she said that she grew up not liking water, which is probably the worst take I've ever heard in my okay, life. That is she, absurd. She said, Please do not relate she she said to, she, to, to what only, I just said. She said she only drank sparkling water until high school. And I was <laughs> that's like, that's, like the, most that's the most upper west side <laughs> she, I've ever heard. Is she heard. Parisian? Uh, no, she's Russian. <laughs> <laughs> but I honestly think that that Trader Joe's take might be worse than that. I mean, okay. I, everything That's they make is so good, much. and you're going to just completely go out on Trader Joe's because they're too nice to you? I don't think it's like an out
1: because, like, the food is too good. It's just like I'm – it's like you're in or you're out, I feel like, on trade, It's like culty in there. Like, it's a whole thing. It's, it's just completely different. You can enjoy Trader Joe's, can't I you? Don't, I don't think you can be, like, middle of the road on Trader Joe's. That's my take. <laughs> I mean, right. I guess maybe you are. You okay. seem to have, like, a lot of, like, grocery store affiliations. And loyalties.
2: Um, I'm a big Whole Foods guy, big stop and shop guy. I don't know. Do, do they have stop so you just, and shop? So you, like, like, you just like grocery stores? Yeah, I, I like grocery everything. stores. My mom used to take me grocery shopping with her. It was, it was good son-mom bonding time. Anyways, my anything but Vandy will become Midwest versus Northeast vernacular because I've had many arguments with many people about this. I would like to know how you pronounce it Dorito. Dorito? Okay. You know how a lot of people in the Midwest say Dorito? Dorito. Sure. Okay. What about? Do you say khakis or chackies?
1: No, you you're missing the the like my I don't I don't think I have like a huge Chicago no, accent, you but you're don't. missing like All the right, word so, that will come out on. So it's what not I- khaki or Dorito. What is it then? How do you say eggs?
2: <laughs> eggs. Where is the a y? It's e g g s. Yeah. How do you say it? Eggs. No. Eggs. 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 Um. What do you say? Milk
1: or milk? You milk. Okay. How do you say woof? what <laughs> <laughs> those are like that's the biggest one
2: no it's woof. how do other people say it it's woof. yeah i agree oh
1: some those people say it like wolf that's stupid you have some bad ones too though i i'm not thinking of like the knowing northeast ones at the moment but there's definitely some for your culture
2: your people for my culture yeah
1: you, new york <laughs> people say like knowing stuff too but i, I it's funny blanking, new- like what's well, like a new york one like how do you like forget about it yeah but you don't (laughs) talk like that uh
2: well i actually am not claimed by new york people because all the new york city people think that westchester is upstate for some reason even though it's 20 minutes away from the city um Mm. so i get grouped in with like syracuse and albany which is a little ridiculous to me but i don't get a claim as a new yorker i'm just a Westchesterian.
1: okay well that's our anything but vandy uh we'll go into three questions now next week i need you to think you might have to start next week because because you, you're you're uh you and Frank you just be copycatting off me and then it makes me feel bad. I for started. The hot I takes. started the oh, last time. Oh, you did start the last. Time. I was talking about the Giants. I
2: don't yeah, want to talk about point. the Giants okay. anymore though.
1: Fair enough. Okay, so three questions for the week. We've just got Aiden and I in here today, so I'm gonna do two. He's gonna do one. Um, first question: Can women's basketball make it two in a row? They play Missouri.
2: No. Um, what? If you were going to say Auburn, I would have said yes. Well, we don't
1: answer the questions. It's a, it's a week long. <laughs> it, the, the week answers the question. That's okay. the point. Sorry.
2: Uh, I'm the I week. I didn't even get to finish my question. I'm the week and I'm answering now. <laughs> Go ahead.
1: My God. <laughs> They're playing at Missouri. Uh, I believe it's on <laughs> Thursday um, at 8 p.m. Missouri's three and six in the SEC. I, I think it's a winnable game. Uh, Aiden apparently doesn't. We'll see. The week will tell us. That's my first question. Question two, I would be a little concerned if you answered this one as, as quickly. My second question is, is Noah Shelby alive? Um, the freshman, as Aiden mentioned in the earlier portion of the podcast, like seemingly broke out for a couple weeks for Vanderbilt, was chucking every single three that touched his hands. And he
2: was making them.
1: Yeah, he was making them. I I would have. I'm in the camp that would have pers- preferred to see him like dribble at some point, but sure. a lot of people really like him, and he certainly earned a way uh, into the lineup after the first couple of games of SEC. Yeah, uh, played 14 minutes against Mizzou, 15 minutes against Tennessee, 14 against Arkansas, 13 against Alabama, and has played in just one game since six minutes against Kentucky. We're curious, uh, I guess it's kind of a joint question because you asked this earlier. We're curious if he is alive and well. We'll have to see this week when Vanderbilt plays Alabama and Kentucky. Aiden, final question of the week.
2: My question is, when does Stackhouse's seat start to to get a little hot? Mm Because it feels like, I saw this graphic on the ESPN stream, which by the way was terrible. The ESPN, the game. Like the Uh, announcers, yeah, the announcers were terrible. The Joe Lunardi six-minute segment—we missed half the game. Um, Anyway, it's January. Yeah, um, save it. (laughs) So, when does his seat start to warm up? Because I saw on the graphic they said that the team has improved their net ranking in three straight years. It's looking like that's not going to happen this year, and it feels like they just are continuing to slip and slip. So I'm curious when people are starting to, you know, wonder when is he under some. Under some scrutiny.
1: I think this is the best one of the week we'll answer this question. I agree. Because
2: we'll see in these two games, for sure. They're playing Alabama
1: on Tuesday. If you win that, your that question is answered. My, yeah. They're playing Ole Miss on Saturday. If you lose that, my question your question is question answered. Is answered. Yeah. So we'll we'll know by Sunday. Yep. All right, well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, again, to Alyssa for hopping on. Um, thank you, Aiden, for uh, producing. Uh, we'll be back next Sunday. To answer these three questions, talk some more hoops, start to talk a little bit of baseball as opening day nears. Best of luck to both the men's and women's basketball team as well as the number of other Commodores that are competing this weekend um, as lacrosse and tennis and some other things start up here on West End. Um, Thank you for listening.